habits that uh, we do. And of course, to, our, to us individually, they're just our way of, of being. To those around us, they can be either endearing or perhaps somewhat irritating. Uh, when we, by we, I mean uh, my husband and I go to the grocery store, we have different ways of shopping. Um, I see a, a cucumber, for example, and I just pick it up and put it in the cart because I just want a cucumber. And he has got to put it in a bag. It's got to be in a bag because it's filthy. And I said, well, we're just going to go home and, and peel it anyway and eat it. It's not the skin you eat, it's the inside. And, oh, it's, it's dirty, you've got to put it in a bag. So, so we put it in a bag. And I, I was thinking about that when uh, reading this gospel with Jesus' disciples who were eating their food without washing their hands, thereby not observing the customs of the elders, which is interesting because they would have been very familiar with those customs and probably, I'm sure, would have been raised in observing them. But perhaps they were just really hungry. Perhaps there was no uh, water around to wash with. But for whatever reason, they were ravenously having their lunch with dirty hands. And so some Pharisees come by and notice this. Now, I'm the type of person who notices practically everything, every last little detail, which can be infuriating sometimes, even for me, really, because it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to notice every little thing and be distracted by them. And so these Pharisees notice this little tiny detail. I mean, there's, here's this big, big world we're living in, and you see a number of people eating their lunch, and what's the thing you zero in on with laser focus? It's the fact that their hands are dirty. Now, I'm not uh, speaking against cleanliness at all. I'm a very neat person myself. But what the point of the story is, is not the fact that they didn't wash their hands so much as the misplaced priorities of the Pharisees. Jesus calls them hypocrites. He says to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts and doctrines. Now, this is a trap into which we all can fall, not just these Pharisees from long ago, but also you and me today. We all do our best, I think, as human beings to go in in and through this life in which we, as the prayer book says, live and move and have our being. And I think we all try to, uh, we all want to leave it a better place than we found it. We all care for those who are coming after us. We come here week after week to hear God's word and to receive his sacraments and to be assured of his pardon but we also come here in order to be strengthened for that journey during the rest of the week. But it's very difficult, I think, uh, in many ways. I, I, we only live when we live, right? We can't go back and uh, imagine or understand what life was like in different times. So I, he I hesitate to say these days because I'm sure there have been these days for other generations as well. In fact, I know it. 
But what I find is that people of goodwill and good intention are alienating and isolating themselves in a way that I don't think is true to the mind of Christ. You just have to look on social media. And in fact, I had a lengthy and I think fruitful conversation with a parishioner just this week. This person uh, confided in me that she has a political view that is different than many people in the greater New York area and feels like she can't mention it because the, the minute she mentions it, she feels attacked and she feels hate from other people. She used the word hate. I don't share this person's political view. That's not the point. But together we're both Christians. Together we're both a son and a daughter of God. And it's not just, it's not just that. I mean, you only have to look... Uh, just look around. I, I've got something I want to read to you. This, I found this uh, today. Where is it? This was a flyer that a friend of mine uh, found. This was somewhere in, I think, in southeast Iowa and Illinois. But there's a picture of a family, a white family with a flag behind them, a man and a woman and a boy and a girl. And the message underneath this lovely picture is, in all caps, they hate our heritage. They hate our flag. They hate our freedom to bear arms. They hate our monuments. They hate our tradition. They hate our very existence. Now it goes on and on. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But you can see from all quarters we've got this vitriol spewing out, which frankly is, I find it exhausting, to, to put it mildly. And of course this flyer doesn't say who they are, which is this sort of blind fear tactic. I like the words that yesterday during Senator McCain's funeral, uh, former President Obama used, manufactured outrage. I think we live in an age of manufactured outrage. Sure, there are things that we should be outraged about as Christians and as Americans, things that really matter, things that we should work to change. But these little things, these arguments we get into, which Facebook doesn't help, you know, it's not a conversation when you're just sort of shooting rounds into the dark. You don't see someone face to face. You don't hear the tone in their voice. You don't see the, the expression on their face. It's just text. And so it's, it's really not, even though you may be going back and forth, it's not a conversation. You're not going to change their mind. You are going to frustrate yourself. You are going to frustrate them. You are going to drive a wedge farther between the two of you, probably. So, and, and what I fear is, you know, it just, it's a as a person, as a citizen, I see things happening and going on in our world uh, that, that bring fear to my heart. Uh, rhetoric like this 
flyer that I read to you. It just reminds me all too much of a time that I was taught was past. When I was growing up in school and we learned about our history, we, we learned about the Civil Rights Movement. We learned about World War II and how these things rose up and how the good in the world was able to put them down and how we would never do that again. Well, rhetoric like this, it, it, it only reminds me of these torchlight rallies. And we don't even have to be reminded. We, we see torchlight rallies in our own country these days. And so I think as a nation and as a people and as just persons of goodwill, we really need to t push that reset button. We really need to take a step back and think about the things that we say. Think about the things that we do. I'm not condoning evil behavior. But I think there is a level at which we have broken down communications with one another. There will always be differences of opinion. There is right, there is wrong. But there's also this big area in the middle. And so I think our challenge is to try to move more towards that middle. We're all in our corners right now. And I, again, to, to use a reference from yesterday's funeral, which uh, we watched on television, I think the senator did a great service, one last great service to the country in orchestrating his own funeral. He knew he was dying, and so he put together a group, a disparate group of speakers to come together in a place of unity and prayer for our, our nation and to speak about the good things about our country, the good things about our life together and to stir in us a passion to really get back to that. And I, I couldn't help but think about it when we were reading the Old Testament today. What other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? But take care and watch yourselves closely, so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen, nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Let us remember our history. Let us remember the paths we have gone down before, even if you didn't live through it. Think about the things you were taught by your parents or grandparents about the sacrifices they made and let us be doers of God's word and not merely hearers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.